I trust all of us know at this point after going through a sermon series in it, contains multitudes. By that, I mean that everything seems to be in it. Nations fall and rise. The end of the world comes and a new one is born. But in the midst of all of what seems like chaos, we're reminded that it's really a staging ground. All of this is meant to show us that God is after our desires, our affections, and our hearts. In fact, one could say that the book of Isaiah was given to all of us to wake us up from our sinful slumber, to remind us that God's ways and plans for the world are better than ours, and that He intends good for His people, even as we intend evil. In Isaiah 29, 13 tonight, we see that God's people at times do intend evil, and it's because of their hypocrisy. So let me read our text for us tonight. Isaiah 29, 13, the word of the Lord says, And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Tonight, I think we can just, just boil that down. The main idea of this uh, this passage or verse is simply this. Christianity is a religion of the heart. Tonight, as we spend our time in this devotional, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at first what we'll call lip religion, and then secondly, we will look at heart religion, and these will serve as our two points. So for our first points, let's draw our eyes back to the verse, Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen. Notice that God says these people draw near with their mouths. To draw near means to approach God in worship. And lips refer to speech. It also just refers to all manner of worship before God. But the irony is that their hearts are far from God. Their worship of God, their love of God, so to speak, is lip deep. It is superficial. It's not any different from the false teachers that Paul was talking about this morning in Titus. This is what Brad referred to as the hypocrisy of formalism. It's contentment with the externality of worship. It's a heart that delights in beautiful and aesthetic worship that misses the glory of God. Jesus confronted this exact same thing in Matthew 15 when he confronted the Pharisees The Pharisees tried to confront the disciples, rather, about them not washing hands, their hands. See, the Pharisees thought that worship is an external thing. It is something that it's it's, it's what we do before God, but it's not a disposition. It's not a love of God. Brad rightly said that this, the way they understood this was that purity was an external matter, not an internal matter. And in this way, religion for the Pharisees and for us, if we're honest, becomes a kind of performance, but not for God, for man. John, in John 12, in verse 43, I think he exactly captures what the Pharisees and what hypocrites, what each of us at our worst are. He says this, they love the glory of man and not the glory that comes from God. And if we're honest, what excites our hearts is not God's acceptance. It is the applause that we get 
or the religious deeds that we do before one another. We are no different than the Pharisees, and in many ways, unfortunately, we're no different than the false teachers in Titus. We are people who love to be seen, to do things for the applause. All the while, we forget God. And in the end, brothers and sisters, we're left spiritually hollow. Why I think hypocrisy is so dangerous for us is because ultimately it obscures the character of God. It pretends that he wants something that he doesn't really want. It pretends that he's happy with just religious obedience. It pretends that he's happy with lofty prayers before men. In other words, it pretends that God is not as holy as he actually is. It says he's happy with whitewashed tombs and unconcerned with dead and rotting corpses. But brothers and sisters, we know that God is a God of resurrection. He's the living God. He's not content with whitewashed tombs. And so what about you, brother and sister? Do you content yourself with that which God is not content? Are you pleased by mere religious formalism? Are you pleased with, with applause, the applause of men? Are you pleased with lofty speech? Brothers and sisters, it's good to study theology, but if theology does not lead to a love of God, it is a waste of time. Are you interested more in praying on Sunday mornings before the congregation, but do you neglect to pray in your prayer closet in the morning? Brothers and sisters, it's good to have a great philosophy of ministry. It's great to love the nine marks of a healthy church, but if there is no love of God, if there is no fear of God, what is the point of it? We can be whitewashed tombs, but we're still tombs. Christianity teaches something far more profound than external, fleshly, superficial, but ultimately hypocritical worship. Through Isaiah, God teaches us the nature of hypocrisy, ones who love lip religion, but uninterested in pure hearts. In contrast to the hypocrite, the Christian is to have a very different posture. And this is our second point tonight. This is heart religion. And this is where, brothers and sisters, the good news is. God does not want just your lips. He wants your heart because he loves you. We don't want a God who is uninterested in what our hearts say. We want a God who loves us and cares about the innermost being of who we are. If God simply was happy with just lip service, that would not be a father. That would not be a God who loves us. I think, ultimately, to desire and delight in the communion that we have with God is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Heart religion means that we delight in the fact that, as Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2.18, we have been drawn near to God, and that we have access to God through His Spirit, and not just as God, but as Father. Brothers and sisters, we can delight in the superabundant goodness of God the Father. When we worship, when our hearts come to God as worshipers, 
we enjoy the God who is there, the God who loves us, the God who delights in our worship. We do not meet a stranger. We do not go to a desert. Worshiping God is not going to a place that is dry or barren. Coming to God is like coming to an eternal spring of goodness and mercy and grace. And all Christian worship, all of Christian life is a response to this mercy, to this goodness and this grace. And this is where the the hypocrite and the Christian should differ. All legalism, all lip religion is a rejection of God the Father. Who in their right minds would reject God the Father? Why would we content ourselves with something less when we can have the God of of the universe as the one who loves us? Listen to King David as he talks about God. He says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Brothers and sisters, that's the heart of a Christian. That is what a Christian looks like. Someone who longs for God, who wants to be with God, who wants God himself. True spiritual religion understands that worship is not an end in itself. The Pharisees did not see this. The false teachers do not see this. But Christians are to see that all worship is to be pushed through because the God who smiles upon you in Jesus Christ stands behind that worship. They fail to miss that this worship it's God-given, is the God-given means through which we know Him, we see Him, and we delight in Him. We see this when we go to Scripture to just learn facts, to learn things about God. And this is exactly why Christ in John 5 rebuked the Pharisees for trying to find life in the Scriptures rather than looking to the one who has life in Himself. Christians don't read Scripture like any other book. Christians read Scripture because we want to hear our Father comfort us, to rebuke us, to remind us of His love, to train us, to guide us, to, to help us come home. In Romans 15:4, Paul says that through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Do you understand that? God has given us the Scriptures so that we might be a people of hope. Brothers and sisters, we have nothing to offer a world that has no hope but the very words of God, the one who calls them to come back to Him. So my friends, is your ministry in this this church marked by this kind of delight? As you disciple in the church, do you disciple others into simple knowledge of God? Or do you aim to persuade one another of God's own delight and love for you, for His church? When you teach, do you Aim to persuade as you counsel, do you comfort one another with God's love? Paul says that the purpose of all ministry for one another is this. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So in ministry, do you train heads or do you train hearts too? Do you help us see the God who loves us? And I'm so excited that you guys are reading, the college ministry is reading that book, Friendship with God. It is an outstanding, well, I haven't read it. I've read 50 pages. The 50 pages are outstanding. Uh, I, I love communion with God. And this is, I'm going to read a quote from John Owen who wrote communion with God. He says this, brothers and sisters, if you want to be an effective minister in this church, if you want to help people love God more in this church, 
minister like this. This is what John Owen says. Look at the Father as love. Look on him as one most kind and tender. Would a soul continually see his everlasting tenderness and compassion, his thoughts of kindness that have been from of old, his present gracious acceptance, it could not bear an hour's absence from him. Let this mark our ministry to one another. Do not neglect the God who stands behind our worship. Do not neglect the God who gave us worship, not so that we could simply do what he told us to, but to know and be persuaded of his love for us in Jesus Christ. Mere lip religion won't do because Christianity is a religion of the heart. Hypocrisy is easy, but God is not after your lips. God is after your heart, and praise God that he is. This is the amazing thing about Christianity. God actually loves and delights in his people. Listen to this. This is Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Or Isaiah 62, you shall no more be termed forsaken. And your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her. And your land married, for the Lord delights in you. In choosing lip religion, we miss out on this. We content ourselves with less than the very delight of the God who created us. So what motivates your heart? Is it the glory of man that comes from God? Or is it the glory that comes from God? The glory that comes from God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sent into the world to die for sins. Through Christ's cross, we can have peace with God. And this is what Christians call the gospel. The good news is that Jesus Christ, the only one, the only one with pure lips, the only one with pure speech, died for those who are hypocrites. Brothers and sisters, Christ died for you because he loves you, because God has loved you, and he has felt tenderness to you from times of old, as Owen said. Turn from your sin. If you don't know the Christ who died for you, turn from your sin, look to Christ. Know that God loves you and he delights in you and give him your heart because he loves you. Let's pray.